Hello, welcome to this episode of Creepypasta, the Creepypasta podcast. A Creepypasta is an online spooky story. It's, uh, it's sort of like a, like an urban legend, uh, but it's scary and usually has something to do with, like, a episode of Spongebob that's real spooky, or, like, um, what if video games killed you? Uh, but this, this episode and last week's episode are about, uh, comics on the internet that are scary, which is, uh, slightly different than what we usually do. But I wanted to cover them, uh, especially this one because it uses the form of the internet very well. Uh, and to discuss these, I have with me returning guests, uh, writer, blogger, um, and Becky with the good hair, Cassie Rose. Hi. <laughs> that's not true. She's not a Becky. She just has good I hair. I say that's not true. My hair is like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also returning to the show, um, from last week, cartoonist, illustrator, and, uh, live action anime, Heidi Samuels. Thank you. <laughs> I, I <laughs> like that title a lot. <laughs> I've been debating uh what what titles and those uh last week's were the the uh top choices and this week's were the second place. Um Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Heidi, you brought last week's Junji Ito story and this week's uh Emily Carroll story. Mm-hmm. Uh so if you want to walk us through his face all red. Uh and because these are comics, I highly recommend to the listeners just go read them. It'll take you like 5 or 10 minutes to read each one. Yeah. It's super uh, worth uh, it. It's worth it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead whenever you're ready. Uh, sure. So if I get a little verbose, just uh, cut me off, because I wrote notes and they're a little crazy. So, um, I'll just no. start screaming. Verbose is very good. Start screaming, you know. So um, there's starts off with these men celebrating in a pub, and uh, there's a man sort of off to the side, and he's describing his brother, um, who's got like this nice cottage, like a beautiful wife, a nice coat, which will come into play later, and a uh, way that makes a way with people that makes them trust him. I I think they said. Um, yep. And um, this man has all these things, but he says um, the man that he's describing can't be his brother because last week he killed his brother. Oh, man. Oh. Right. Um, so then you cut to a picture of a bloody sheep just kind of chilling there. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good horror transition. I like that. Yeah, it's just like bloody sheep. Then the story resumes. So um, the man says that there's a creature from the woods that had been attacking their village, you know, killing livestock and wrecking fences and shit like that. And he volunteers to kill it. And everyone laughs at him until his brother says, hey, like, I'll come help. I'll come kill the beast. So they wander through the woods and they end up passing this weird hole that smells like lilacs, apparently. Um and they find and kill a wolf, and then man, the man shoots his brother and puts his body into the weird lilac hole. Um, that's a f- yeah. It seems like a bad plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, I I like the way the violence is represented. It's uh, like a panel of the forest, and then the same panel all red, and then the first panel again. Yeah, it's super effective. Like it doesn't show you the actual violence, but it implies it really, really well. It's really, it's really good. Good stuff. Emily Carroll is great. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, so let me see what happens next. So he brings a scrap of fabric from his brother's coat and tells the villagers that the beast killed him, but he ended up avenging his brother by killing the beast. The townspeople are all thankful to him, and they give him his brother's sheep and, like, some of his land, I think. Uh, but three days later... He has a wife? Yeah, yeah, he has a wife. Um, okay. Yeah, the, or the, brother has, the brother that got killed has a wife. 
Yeah. yeah, but do they give the wife to the other Oh, no, no, I don't get? think so. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, then then you get all his stuff, including his wife. <laughs> you know. Uh, it's implied that she takes some comfort in the man. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because he's, like, like, smiling, and she's, like, weeping into his 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 chest. Oh, uh, what a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, three days later, the brother comes out of the woods, though, saying that he got lost, and um, everyone's really happy, but the man who killed the brother notices that the coat isn't torn, and he starts having nightmares about his brother with his face all red and, like, being dead and... Um, in the middle of the night, he wakes up and he finds that his brother's just digging holes. So one night, he goes back into the woods and he finds his brother's corpse where he left it in the weird hole. But then suddenly, oh man, the corpse turns over and looks at him. And then the story ends. Ah! Spooky. Yeah, you're never... Uh, there's no closure. There's a really good use of negative space because uh, it's presented on an all-black uh, web page. So when he finally goes down into the hole, the actual panel borders uh, just kind of stretch out into oblivion yeah. with the, the background of the website, which is great. And it's great because you have to click for the page turns. Like, it, the page turns... Mm-hmm. I have this book actually in print and um, that's how I read it first because I was too afraid of jump scares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a book's not going to jump scare me because I am a big baby. Um, but it emulates the page turns with um like internet page clicks so that's really really cool i imagine this would be a very tall book uh unless these uh vertical web pages are showing two pages per uh per scroll which also seems likely yeah it's um like when he's descending the hole like half of it is on one page and half of it is on another page because otherwise this book would be like immense so yeah it's uh it's it's interesting I generally prefer print comics just because I like to look at a piece of paper instead of a screen. Uh, I like to go outside and read comics, etc. Um, and this one is probably one that's more effective digitally, I think. Yeah, I think for I sure. Think, yeah. I think it was written originally digital and then they collected her stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in an anthology, yeah. but I think originally this story was published online. Yeah, and I remember reading this years and years ago ago, uh, like whenever it first uh, came out and people were first freaking out uh, about all all the Emily Carroll horror comics. Uh, I feel like Kate Leth probably turned me on to it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's very good, and oh, it's very it's got a really good. It's similar to uh, last week's story, uh, the Enigma of Amigara Fault. It kind of has a, a monster reveal ending that doesn't answer any of the questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never thought about that. But yeah, they're totally linked. And they've kind of got this whole sort of theme of descent into the earth as well, which is kind of interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, these uh, these two stories tied in very well together. Um, you had a theme and you didn't even know it. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I really liked about this one was the sort of old-timiness of it. Uh, and there's sort of uh, like a, a folksiness to a story set in the the like 1800s, as I imagine this one is, that um, that a lot of modern stories don't don't do very well. Uh, like brotherhood has a different meaning back then when you're going to meet maybe like 40 people throughout the entire fullness of your life. Yeah. <laughs> 
which um, it's sort of interesting because it's like this this guy, our our narrator and main character, he doesn't have any other family uh, as as far as we see. Like we don't see him with a wife, we don't see him with any other brothers or sisters or children. Uh, the only person he has in the whole world is this brother who he's killed, and then we get a sort of very telltale heart uh, guilt uh, metaphor, which is really nice. Yeah, the dreams and like the like worrying about his face all red um like it's very poe it's very it's pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah and it's uh that that's another thing that kind of ties it back with uh the enigma of amigura fault is the uh slightly prophetic uh or symbolic dreams yeah right oh man so thematic yeah so he sees he, he he keeps having dreams of the body and then he goes and sees the body yeah it's uh it's great this is a great little comment go read it go read everything by emily carroll that mm-hmm. you can uh at the end, if you click on her name, it leads back to the website. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other comics. A lot of them are horror comics. Some of them aren't. Uh, I feel like I read, I'm looking here, Out the Door was probably one that I read at the time. Because his face all read came out in 2010. Um, oh, wow. Six years ago. Jeez. I just flies, learned about right? her this year. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I through her like anthology. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was probably it. Um, yeah, she had uh, something big happen in the past year or so. Yeah, she worked on um, the illustrations for the video game Gone Home, which I have had on my computer for uh, a year, and I'm too spooked to play. Uh, it's it would be I would have been too scared to play that game if I didn't know before playing it that it's not actually a horror game. <laughs> People keep telling me that, and I am still a wuss. Uh, <laughs> like nothing scary happens. There's no jump scares, nothing moves in the entire game, but it does have a lot of spooky imagery uh, that makes you, like, sort of tricks you into thinking it's a horror game. It's, uh, it's got that kind of, it's, I I guess it's like the Madoka Magica effect, where they market it as one thing to make the story itself more effective, because it's actually the opposite. Like, it's it's not a horror story. It's just, like, a heartwarming story about your family, but they market it as, as a horror game uh, to make that, that heartwarmingness more effective. Because um, you just keep waiting for it to all turn to shit. Yeah, even though I knew it wasn't a scary game, I still spent the whole time being like, alright, there's a bunch of stories about a serial killer in this. There's definitely gonna be, like, a serial killer hiding in the closets. It's gonna be bad. Uh, or I'm gonna find, like, a bunch of dead bodies. Uh, but it's just pleasant. <laughs> Well, I'll have to give it a shot. (laughs) Yeah, plus it only takes, like, two hours, I think, to get through the whole thing. It's, like, the length of a movie. Yeah, okay. And I'm also... I'm very bad at video games, so I, uh... I I cried during PT. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I couldn't play that. I had to make my roommate play that instead uh, while I watched. Uh, And then I made two other friends play it again. I was like, this game's great. You have to play it. Uh, And let me watch you play it. Uh... But yeah, Gone Home, I'm very, I'm like, I missed the big, there was like a big reveal, uh, and I totally just accidentally skipped it. <laughs> Uh, just because all the story is told by you finding, like, memories, basically. Like, you go around finding things that remind your character of stuff that happened, or you find, like, pieces of a journal. Uh, and I missed one of the big pieces of the journal, and it just... I knew what happened based on context clues, but, uh, anyway... Uh, womp womp. Womp 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 womp. Go, uh, go play Gone Home also, if you're in 
into creepypastas, because it's definitely got a lot of that going into the aesthetics, at least, if not the actual underlying story. Uh, for his face all red, what was the scariest part for you, Cassie? Ooh, uh, probably when he showed up and started digging a hole in his backyard. I was like, oh no, something's about to go down. Uh, also that last shot of just him, like, slowly turning was really great. I really like Emily Carroll because I've heard this as a complaint, too, but, like, there's never, like, a definitive this-is-what-happened ending, which I really appreciate, but I have also heard that people don't appreciate that as much as others. They're like, oh, but how did it end? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think that's fr- we, a lot of, some people seek out stories because they want, uh, something that has a definite beginning, middle, and end, but something that you find in horror most of the time is that the answers are not quite so simple because, as we discussed a bit last episode, uh, horror tends to be most effective when it's a metaphor for life, and life doesn't really have narrative at all. Yep, it uh, might not have ha- an ending. Yeah, exactly. We have meaning where we can find it, uh, and then no one knows what happens after the end. Uh, maybe it just goes on forever and ever. Sometimes it finishes in the middle of your story. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, burp, burp. <laughs> uh, Bringing it down again. <laughs> Heidi, for you, Heidi, what's uh, what's the scariest part for you, or the most effective, I guess? Um, for me, it's like a toss-up, I think, between just like the effectiveness of the page transitions, because I was dreading like, clicking that page when I got to the bottom. Um, but that or like um, the uncertainty of it all like that we were just sort of talking about before like why is his brother digging like where did the doppelganger brother come from is maybe the doppelganger brother like the beast that was attacking the stuff like there's no answer really and it's it's yeah were there two brothers yeah it's just like what like what's going on I don't know and that's really scary yeah I actually uh, I have a story coming up that'll probably be next week's episode um, that similarly deals with doppelgangers coming out of the woods uh and i think that's very effective because uh, even now maybe even especially now the woods are still such a, a strong image for people it's like the woods are scary who knows what's in there <laughs> didn't they just put out a movie about the the suicide forest in japan with a uh, natalie dormer it was called like the woods the woods or the forest it was oh, called the, the forest, forest the right forest. yeah uh yeah was that movie supposed to be good the posters all looked like the witch which uh i know people enjoyed but i, I heard absolutely nothing good or bad about it <laughs> i just heard that a lot of people thought it was pretty tasteless like because like people actually like kill themselves there so it was kind of yeah weird. that's like a fake famous Japanese forest where people go to commit suicide all the time. And also putting perhaps our um, whitest white person. An American. (laughs) Not an American, but like a a British British white British lady. Yeah, like, alright, we're not just gonna go for like uh, someone ambiguous like Keanu Reeves or uh, Oscar Isaac. (laughs) We're gonna go for the whitest white person we have. Uh, yeah, it's very weird. Uh, but is was that was that a remake of a of a Japanese movie? I don't know. Oh God, that would be even worse. Uh, I feel like that would at least be excusable because they're like, all right, well, we're gonna if we're remaking a Japanese movie, obviously we're gonna just put a bunch of dorky white people in it. Uh, Guys, you wanna know I, how bad this movie was? It got ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is one point under After Earth. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. wow. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, so I guess they've probably benefited from anyone confusing it with The Witch, as I did. Because <laughs> the, the Witch has, like, 90 on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, music by Bear McCreary. He does the, he did the music for Battlestar Galactica and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's an actual bear. Yeah, that's, he's a bear that plays piano. It's crazy. That's some talent. Yeah. Well, well, you know, uh, he escaped from the circus. Uh, he had moved up from unicycle and balancing a ball on his nose to playing the piano and writing all the all that music for the circus. You know, circus tunes. Uh, Oh yeah, here we go. Controversy. The film attracted controversy for what some believed to be the trivializing the issue of suicide in Japan. Yeah, it probably did that. The film's lack of diversity caused further controversy. Yeah, uh, definitely seems (laughs) likely. Check, check, and check. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'll probably skip this movie. Uh, Oh, there's a comic book also not, uh, not made by Japanese people about <laughs> the same forest called the Suicide Forest. Well, uh, well, that's a skippable movie. Don't read The Forest. Instead, read His Face All Red. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Forests are really scary. I don't know why. We all live in towns and cities. The forest is spooky. Uh, what's up with that hole, though? Yeah. Yeah, why did it smell like lilacs? Yeah, that's another thing that's just never explained. We don't know why it smells like lilacs. Yeah. We don't know why it seems to manifest this guilt demon. Uh, and another thing that's interesting is the main character is the only one who notices that the coat isn't torn. Yeah, yeah. They're just probably so happy their town hero is back. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because it could either be a manifestation of uh, his, like, that this guilt monster is making everyone behave mm-hmm. differently, uh, or it could just be, like, he's the only one who notices, and you never find out, and that's interesting. Uh, yeah, you guys will probably be mad about this comic audience if you want something that has a definitive ending and obvious themes. Uh, this is a bit of a, of a more challenging work that kind of leaves a lot of it up to the reader. <sighs> and I think that's all we have to say about it. Cassie, yeah. do you have anything you want to plug? Always. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Goodreads as Yerkmonger. That is Y-R-C-H-M-O-N-G-E-R. And you can also find me uh, blogging on Bibliomantics, which is all about books. And I think I have a brief uh, review of Emily Carroll's uh, Through the Woods in there, which is really great. And you should also read A Lady's Hands Are Cold, if you like this story. Ooh. Uh, Heidi, how about you? Where can the people find you if they would like to do so? Um, you can find me on Tumblr at HeidiSamuelsArt.tumblr.com. Um, got some anime art and some animations and stuff. Um, if I can also plug Emily Carroll, just like, she's great. And, like, my favorite comic by her is in the Through the Woods anthology, and it's called The Nesting Place, and it is super spooky. Oh, that one's good. That one's really good. <laughs> yeah, if, if y'all don't look at the blog posts, uh, I'll have a link on the blog, but if you don't look at the blog posts, which I can tell by the web traffic that there are... Uh, like 10 times as many listeners as there are visitors to the website. Uh, so you can go to emcarol.com. That's Carol spelled C-A-R-R-O-L-L. Uh, and that's where all of Emily Carol's comics are. 
you can find me on Twitter uh, at J3FK. I'm on Instagram and Snapchat, JeffJK. Uh, you can go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash JeffJK. And there you will find one original story and two extra audio treats, which for now are readings of the stories that we've covered on the show, as long as I am legally uh, or morally <laughs> allowed to uh, do them. Which, uh, in uh, luckily, I discovered all of these stories on uh, SCP are fully open Creative Commons license, so I, I can definitely hmm. cover, at very least, all of those. Uh, but some of the other creepypastas, who knows? Uh, <laughs> Gray area. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if you donate at least a dollar a month, uh, it would be, you'll get access to that. And if, if I pay if, you a hundred dollars a month, will you come clean my apartment once a week? Mm, I'll come clean your apartment twice a month. Okay. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, if, if everyone listening to the sound of my voice right now donated two or three dollars per month to my Patreon. Technically, only two of us are listening to your voice right now. Well, yes, right now at this moment to me, but right now at this moment to the listener is a different uh, (laughs) series of moments that all exist uh, potentially into the far, far deep recesses of the future long after I have died uh, or ascended to the next plane of robotic existence. Uh, but if, if all of the people who listen to this show on a weekly basis donated two or three dollars a month, I could make podcasting my full-time job, which would oh, be wow. really great. Uh, yeah, cause we get like, uh, about a thousand people per episode, uh, which is weird cause I don't do any marketing or promoting of this show. I guess I just get a lot of teenagers who search iTunes for creepypasta or Five Nights at Freddy's and <laughs> land on this show. And then they listen to it and they get angry cause you're not reading creepypastas. <laughs> uh, that was just that one guy and I'm sorry <laughs> that I've made fun of him so much. <laughs> uh, but if he wants to donate to my Patreon, he can get exactly what he wants from this show. Uh, and that's, um, uh, that's gonna do it for this episode. There's not really any good finishing lines from There is. From There's one already. about the woods. Most all strange things. Thing yeah, it's, it's like, what is it? Like, it came from the woods, it most came, strange thing right. to do? I think. Yeah, there's your shine Yeah, it came from the woods, most strange things do. Bye.